Hello and welcome to Switch It, the podcast that really doesn't have anything better to be doing. Yes, we're now into May and the English season should be in full swing. Outside the grass looks green and lush, but there's not a mower in sight, never mind the heavy roller. If lockdown were a test match, it would have to be a timeless one. And I think by now we've all lost track of what day it is. What can we do to try and provide structure to our weeks other than arrange regular calls with our friends and loved ones? And in some cases, label them podcasts. It's a handy date in the diary, a bit like when the bins go out. Except this is the opposite, as we come together to talk garbage and recycle old material. Not that I'm trying to trash any reputations other than my own, since today's guests are both durable and high quality. George DeBell and Mark Butcher back in the virtual studio together. It's what the world needs right now. Hello, chaps, how are we doing? Love, sweet love. Yeah. Are we doing this because one person on Twitter requested it? Because I tell you, <laughs> if I start doing things that people request on Twitter, I'm in trouble. Because I've had some abuse this week, I'll be honest with you. Uh, yeah, dangerous precedent. Yes, well, yes. they did ask nicely. They did. Well, so did the uh, baby-eating Bishop of Bath and Wells. Uh, but we shan't be getting into what he wanted me to do. <laughs> I got asked well, no, to suicide that's... myself. That was the expression. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was suicide. a while ago. Yeah. Suicide yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. They're a lovely bunch, our listeners. <laughs> the, the fans, we call them. Um, oh, I mean, ne- n- never mind old stuff, Butch. I think you're using the time to put together some new material. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, um, yeah I had a load of, load of shows cancelled, as, as did everybody else, so I... There are some songs left over from the session. Well, not left over, actually. One of them is brand new from um, the session for the album. So, yeah, I've got a release probably on about 5th of June for, for a couple of new tunes, which should, should uh, on Spotify, make me 0.07p <laughs> per, um, uh, per play. So make sure that you uh, press repeat if you uh, happen <laughs> to download those in early June. <laughs> Every little helps, uh, you uh, know, something well, like that. So they say, so they say. <laughs> The, uh, the the runs stack up in the end, I'm sure. Um, George, you're you're now feeling well enough to uh, subject yourself to a, another session of Tom Harrison being peppered by the DCMS Select Committee, I think. Yes, I'm, I'm much better, thank you. Having had COVID, and however bad it is, and however stubborn it is, it's less stubborn than the debate about the 100. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it, it takes your breath away just the same, right? Kinda, it's just as damaging. <laughs> I mean, the ECB would like the hundred to go viral, wouldn't they? Boom! Ouch. Yeah. Well, it sort of has, hasn't it? Well, <laughs> in in the sense, it's been uh, the the curve has been flattened into next year. Very good. <laughs> I'm not sure that quite works, but um, yeah, well, let's, it's, let's it's catch... also destroying an economy as well by by your by your accounts. <laughs> Well, well, it's yeah, it's I mean, great that we've got something else to compare it to other than Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, the threads are all very similar, alarmingly so. Yes, nothing but good times. Um, let's let's catch up with developments, if, if we can call them that anyway, uh, since we last got together. The ECB has now officially pushed the English season back until July 1st at the earliest, um, half the summer gone. I mean, it, it seems sort of inevitable that the original date of May 28th would be overwritten, George. Yeah, yeah, absolutely inevitable. I, I couldn't 
take issue with how the ECB generally have uh, reacted to the COVID problem. It's uh, uh, an unsurmountable mountain, isn't it? Um, I would think that uh, further delays are inevitable as well. Oh, look, it's only, what is it, May the 5th we're talking. Um, it's too early to commit to any firm decisions, isn't it? But it's getting increasingly difficult to be optimistic about seeing any county cricket and we're just hoping for some cricket behind closed doors. But it's 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 methadone, isn't it? <laughs> That's a terrible analogy I've just made there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But then, uh, but uh, sometimes it's medicinal. Medic- you're saying it's medicinal, right? That's medicine right. I like the way you're thinking there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A spoonful of sugar and all that. It's Pepsi um, instead of the real thing. That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we we need uh, something to help it go down. Um, Butch, they've obviously some of the ECB has been listening because uh, a few weeks ago um, we were discussing this, and you said the hundred has to be postponed until twenty twenty one, and the hundred has been postponed until twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I just couldn't. I mean, there was a after as as quite often I do uh, on the way back from uh, from doing these these pods um of course on I'm the way back, back to your living room <laughs> i'm not going back back from anywhere on these but you know you sort of sit there and ponder that some of the, the talking points and wonder you know whether or not um you know that there was room for uh, maneuver um or room for a different interpretation than what you than what you'd said and the thing that i came up with there was that well i suppose um if given the lack of any sort of cricket whatsoever, that people would, would flock to sit in front of their television screens to watch anything. You know, they're, they're watching Mark Church throw balls at himself off a wall at the moment. Um, and so the 100... So on that score, the 100 might not, um, you know, completely tank. Uh, but but I, I go back and I, I stick with my original analysis, which was that, um, you know, something that was, that was already um, running into difficulty persuading people that it was worthwhile and this is before you get into any of the financial stuff or anything like that um under the circumstances where you're playing it behind closed doors where perhaps you would have um two-thirds of the professional cricket players in the country not doing anything while this was going on it just there didn't seem to be any any way whatsoever that that could go ahead at the expense of anything else um or uh along with anything else so um yeah the right decision's been made I mean, the, the sort of the financial I was was following, um, you know, some of the tweets coming out of the DCMS uh, meeting today, saying the estimate is three hundred and eighty million pound losses if you know for the for the season if we don't get any cricket at all. Um, you know, the, the the hundred is probably the least of the worries at the moment, and, and putting it off is the only sensible decision that's been made around it for quite some time. Indeed, um, but George Tom Harrison has been quite clear that. Um, it is the, the reasoning behind the hundred uh, is all the more uh, urgent now, and that you know this is still a priority for the ECB. And I think it, it, he was um, there were some colourful phrases used in that uh, Department of Culture and Media Sports Select Committee hearing today about whether that was a it's a sensible move to be sort of banking on this new competition quite so heavily. Yes, so he he was accused by the chairman of the uh, committee, which I think is Julian Knight, uh, he, he, he were, it, it was suggested that he had bet the house on red just as the casino closed. Uh, I don't know about that because I think... <laughs> I don't know how casinos work, but I think they probably give back money if you do that. They don't just close and keep it. <laughs> I think that... <laughs> not many people would go otherwise. Um, but I take the point. Look, Tom Harrison's uh, consistent 
So you've got to give him that. And what the game probably doesn't need now is someone getting cold feet on the plan. But what it could also do with maybe is some honesty and a reflection that everything is going to be ha- have to be looked at anew because it's a completely new reality. And being utterly stubborn and refusing to accept even a review at this stage, I don't think will do him any favours. I think he is committed to this. I think his tenure as chief executive is going to be associated with it. And I think it will bring him down because I think that the costs associated with this competition are so vast that and, and that they will be seen as that in due course. I know Tom Harrison is claiming the hundreds going to make a profit. I very strongly disagree. Uh, and I think that people make up their own minds and I think that um, they will realise that at the end of this season, 160, I think, first-class cricketers are out of contract and that cuts are going to have to be made and savings are going to have to be made and that actually you're going to end up with a huge amount, a swathe of unemployed cricketers unnecessarily so that the top officials in the ECB don't lose face in their plan being changed. But, you know, as I say again, the reality has changed and I don't think they can afford the competition that they envisaged. And I think there are very low-cost alternatives you know if you don't start with new team identities if you don't start with a new format you're immediately cutting the cost hugely i don't know if you want me to go into that now because uh, i could feel a, a <laughs> rant not? coming on we've got we've got nothing we about got time <laughs> well the thing is that you could say for example well you could say you see there are other options you could for example say okay let's have promotion and relegation in t20 not perfect not, it doesn't appeal to um, the broadcasters in quite the same way. I accept that. One thing you do is you start the season with a local derby of T20. So you, you have, say, the uh, Tom Moody Cup between Warwickshire and Worcestershire, for example, a player who played for both. Uh, and you do that at, um, you know, all the derbies that you can have. And I know that every not every team has a, a viable derby competition. So hopefully you get some decent gates there. You also have an FA Cup a T20 FA Cup incorporating the national counties, what used to be called the minor counties. Uh, I think that could be exciting. I think knockout cricket is important. I think our players, English players rather, need to get used to playing knockout cricket before they end up on the world stage, where sometimes they can be um, showed up for not having played a lot of it. I think it was one of the reasons given for the under-19s not doing very well not so long ago. And at the same time, I would uh, investigate the uh, possibility of having a sort of four or five nations tournament with the home nations, maybe Netherlands as well. Uh, T20 of that, I think that could be very popular. I think it could maybe be built to emulate something like the the rugby version. And the benefit with all those things is that they're low cost, low startup. There's not a huge amount of marketing spend necessary. You're not going to end up spending, you see, I think the actual cost of the hundred first year of the hundred is going to be 75 million. It's a new figure for you, but I'll break it down in a piece in due course. And um, uh, there's no need to do that. If you if you if you had a T20 of T20 FA Cup, yeah, the benefits are you bring revenue straight away to all those uh, minor counties, non-first class counties around the country, which could be hosting games, the sort of games Butch hated. I remember seeing him 
his Surrey side almost beaten at Stone, was it, or somewhere? Ireland. Uh, uh, and, and, it, and it was such fun to see that. And what you do is you take the game to different areas of the country, you get it in local newspapers, which has stopped, stopped being a thing, uh, and it's a real low-cost way of reaching more areas of the country, which the 100 wasn't. It went the other way. It actually shrunk the game. Um, and the same with all those other sort of ideas. They're very low-cost, and for a game that is going to be uh, coming to terms with its new impoverishment, I think that's going to be a very necessary thing. So there are other options, and I really urge Tom Harrison and the ECB to think again ab- about them, because actually I think this, this gives them an opportunity, without losing any face, to say, look, the world's changed, we've got to have another look. And I do think it's relevant that a new chairman's coming in, and I think... By reputation, he's an intelligent, data-driven man. And I think any look at the data will come to this logical conclusion that a review is necessary. It's only dogma that is going to push the 100 through at this stage. I mean, uh, there's there's nothing that does it for a certain switch-hit listener than, than George Butch going hammer and tongs over the structure of the county game. We, we know that. Um, Butch, if... Uh, I mean, I think it's fair to say no fan of the, the idea of the hundred uh, from the outset, but what you know? What are the alternatives in what is potentially, a, as George says, a very altered landscape? Yeah, I mean, look, my the, George and I, that part part of our entire serial um, was built around the, the fact that I thought that a T twenty competition with with fewer teams in it um, versus what the way we currently do um, the T twenty. Was a, was a better option, a more sort of IPL style version of that, um, and and that was and that and, and those arguments, funnily enough, remain the same for me. Is that, that having arguments with people on my side of the fence um, who are who are all behind the hundred, all for the hundred, saying that it's absolutely necessary for the finances of the game, I would remind them that I had no issue with an eighteen tournament at any point. Um, mm. But I would do it in a very, very different way. I wouldn't have a new format for a start. I mean, it's just ludicrous. It's, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's, 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 the, it's the wrong answer to, the, to, to a question that hasn't been posed. Um, and, uh, you know, I would also would also recognise the fact that if you are going to, to, to make something sort of like the blue ribbon, the, the absolute sort of epitome of your version of, uh, of a very popular format of the game, that you need to bring the, the counties along with you and not tell them to, to sort off, um, you know. So my, you know, my, my outline for the way that you would that, that you would have gone about this was yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for the team, the the, uh, the the cities. I'm all for playing the games in front of the, the biggest audiences you can, both in the ground and on television, having them all played. But that you would have to still have the counties play a part in that. So if you're going to have a uh, if you're going to have a, a an auction. The auction needs to come after the counties have had their local localised um, smaller leagues of T20 and a final. You then bid money on the people who have done brilliantly in that, and they then take their take their wares, which they have they've shown off in playing for their county teams, playing for the, the new city side. The two things work together and not against one another. Um, you know that that's how if if the thing is necessary to do, that was the way that I would do it. Um, you know the, the the hundred for me represents uh, represented something that was <laughs> that was ideological as opposed to ideal, um, and you know that 
the idea that you needed somehow to, to tell people that we're simplifying the game and bringing it to the masses who would who would otherwise ignore exactly the same sport. You've got people hitting balls, you've got people bowling balls. None of that stuff has changed. Wearing pads, helmets, you name it, fielding, catching, throwing. All of those elements are exactly the same. And people have ignored those, and this is what we're being told, ignored those forever because they don't think the game's exciting enough. You repackage exactly the same thing, the exact same sport, in a way that people who love the game don't understand and tell people that that is going to make it more popular. It's just, it's lunacy. But, you know, <laughs> that this is where we are. And this is before you go anywhere near the, the, the cost of the cost of it all. Um, you know, what is this? <laughs> you know, a, 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 the dog who goes sort of, who, who loses his tail on the railway track goes back, goes back to get it and has his head cut off by a train going the other way. You know, you... <laughs> you, you lose your head to, to, to catch a piece of tail. Oh, there's an analogy there somewhere, but you, you know what I mean. It's, it's a, the um, there are there are many many ways of, of trying to fix what, what is. I mean, funnily enough, since George and I started rowing about all of this three, four, five millennia ago, the hundred the T twenty sorry has kind of in the last two years, and, and I when I watch and commentate on an enormous amount of it, has gone from being something which which could quite rightly have been described as mediocre to something that's bloody good. Um, the crowds have kind of gone up pretty much everywhere. Um, and, and the feeling, I don't know whether it was the feeling that, that it might all be lost that suddenly made people wake up to the fact that they had something that was worth, worth watching. Um, and, you know, and that is without any form of budget from the centre, any form of push from the centre to make it more visible. Um, we've been doing it for 16, you know, 16 seasons of it have come and gone by. And if you lived if you lived somewhere in the in the you know in the region of, of the county ground at, at Canterbury, or you were somewhere in the villages around the outside, but didn't know where the ground was, you would have no idea how to find it. There's no there, nothing ever tells anybody where any of these games are, and unless you're already a fan and you're already engaged, there is no reason to you for you to find out any different. Um, and that has been the case since we started this whole thing. Well, I think we'd add poor old Fido to the list of casualties. Um, there. <laughs> and, I mean, George, we've discussed some of these issues before with um, Tamar Mills about kind of the uncertainties for players. And, and you know, if the ECB is um, bent on pushing ahead with this, there are all sorts of, of little issues to unpick in terms of... Um, whether they redraft people, whether uh, they allow Colpac status uh, to sort of retain its effect. I mean, that's linked to Parliament again and, and the whole Brexit process. Um, and there's a further uh, massive elephant in the room to, to move on to a different animal um, in that the cancelling the 100 is also going to affect the women's game hugely. Well, yeah... Um Maybe maybe the women's game disproportionately actually because they sort of put all their eggs in that basket, didn't they? I mean, it was interesting that a few weeks before this, I think we carried the story that uh, some of the uh, counties were putting on a women's fifty-over tournament that was actually authorised cricket, and it was to fill the gap in the schedule because the ECB had abandoned the Super League here, Super League, and um, it wasn't really playing. The, the, the sort of 50 over cricket that would be helpful potentially for future World Cups so counties worried about that were staging their own tournaments already and I think again it, you, you probably look at it and, and the folly of the decision to 
bring in the 100 instead of the Kia Super League. I mean, you could argue there was a case for having both. And you could argue that it was positive that the women's 100 was tied in with the men's 100. And, and that, that, I guess, in its way is a, is a positive. But it, 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 was, it became everything. And this, and this is why um, the MP made quite a good point when he said, you have gambled. Because they did. They gambled everything on the success of the 100. And while they're really unlucky to have a pandemic, I mean, you know, um, <laughs> there could have been other things. And the fact is they went into this season with minimal reserves, absolutely minimal financial reserves, far below their stated level of um, uh, intended reserve, which I think is meant to be a minimum 40% of turnover. And, um, yeah, they've gambled in it, uh, uh, and it hasn't come off. And I, 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 I mean, I'm going to say what I've been saying before, that I think as time goes on, this ECB regime is going to have looked more and more reckless. But, you know, they've, they've done some good things. They have to take some credit for winning both World Cups, you know, men's and women's. Um, they definitely deserve some credit for that. But, you know, if you impoverish the game and if you put it into a position where it can't withstand, uh, admittedly a very difficult setback, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what, what sort of... Um, how people will reflect on that in years to come. I suspect it will be quite negatively. No, and the, the extraordinary... I mean, just going back to the idea that the World Cups, we had an Ashes series last year. I, I, you know, the, the game the game is trading upon incredible goodwill. You know, that was always, we'd always set it up to be that case, you know. If you, can if you can, don't I, can make, I just make a point? Can I just interrupt yeah. for a second? Yeah. Okay, because I, I purposely didn't mention the Ashes, because although it was a lot of fun and crowds were good, you know, it was the first time England hadn't won the Ashes, an Ashes yeah, yeah. in I, England I didn't for mean, almost 20 no. years. And I, I think sorry. actually they have to take some responsibility for that you, you as mis, well. You misunderstand me. There. I did, I just I, wanted I was, to make I, the point. I, was, didn't, I wasn't saying they should be congratulated for that. I'm just saying that in, in those two competitions in the same year, the two biggest highest profile um, concert that have been on these shores you know what was it 99 when, when the last World Cup happened and boy have we got better at it since then um, <laughs> the uh, you know the, the game was the game was trading upon a visibility and, and a goodwill that it hasn't had since 2005 you know the yeah. the, 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 the foundations were there for that anyhow um, and you know to say that uh, I think it's I think it's palpably false to say that the game is kind of struggling for any sort of visibility and therefore you need to you need to be as as wild and, and to use George's word reckless as to as to bring in an entirely new format of the game at the expense of the fifty over game um, whilst asking whilst still offering the, the the county member the chance to follow their club in the T Twenty as well um, whilst not being able to to uh, to run your biggest and best cricketers in it because international cricket is going on at the same time. I mean, boy, you, 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 it, it's a gamble. I mean, it's a huge, huge gamble, and it always has been. And, and, and this is with, without um, there being no cricket for the summer. Um, you know, and, that's, and that's another thing. You, you, ask, you need to ask people. You're asking people to love, to love what you're, you're giving them. You know, the cricket follower who, is, who, who doesn't miss a doesn't miss a thing watches every county game you know keeps in touch with the game wherever it's going on it's somebody that genuinely loves the game um and you cannot ask them or you cannot sort of treat them as though as though that love is is is, is worthless um in the in the uh, in chasing after in chasing after people who may or may not be interested um given given all the new bells and whistles 
and and and, I, and that's I feel you know that's kind of ended any animosity that that George and I in argument may have had over over this forever because I see that perhaps I perhaps I didn't see that early on when I was as closer to the game or closer to be a player at the game but it is that kind of love that has always sustained it it's the it's the kind of love that meant that people um People have been saying that test matches, de- test matches are over, have been dead since Bumble made his debut back in the sixties. You know, people have been saying that forever, and yet here we are. It still goes on. Um, so it's a tough one. I would uh, tell you two to get a room, but that would be in contravention of uh, government guidelines. Mm. Um, <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> we've mentioned that um, that figure of of three hundred eighty million. Um, a potential sort of black hole for the game uh, if this summer doesn't go ahead. Um, and George, there'll be people yeah, talking about the love for the sport and, and the, the love for the counties and, and the game here. People that are very concerned about, you know, what effect that um, would have on what is, um, you know, a fragile ecosystem. I think Harrison, when he spoke a week or two ago, mentioned um, threats to the kind of 18-county system. He said, uh, the cost base of our game is too high. This is an issue we're going to have to look at. But don't draw the conclusion that not everyone can survive because that's not the right conclusion to draw. We will do everything in our power to ensure the health of the network. I mean, how much faith do you put in those words? Um, uh, Quite a lot. Um, that's, That's such a big question. Uh, he means it. I mean, the UCP are the counties, uh, and it is part of their constitution to to defend them. Um, so, if any of the counties go under, it will pretty much be because they want to, uh, up to a point. Uh, you know, a lot of them are members' clubs as well. So there's a, a, another tier of uh, potential help out there. Um, the 380 million figure, I mean, it's the first time I'd heard it today. He used 300 previously. Um, and I don't quite understand how it's made up, but I don't, I don't dispute it. You know, there's no, there's no doubt. They're not exaggerating. This is a, a desperately tough problem. It worries me a bit to get to the nub of your question when he talks about cost base. Because I'm going to say the same things. I mean, executive pay is extravagant. And I know he has very generously offered... Uh, to take a cut, and that's good good for him. But, you know, they've gone into this year with unsustainable costs, largely because of the central hub of executive that is the ECB offices and all the extra people they've employed. And one of the other things that they haven't mentioned on their profit and loss, apart from, see, the profit and loss of the 100, specifically, is all the setup costs in previous years, which I think add up to about 15 million. And they haven't mentioned the cost to the counties, which are 1.3 million, because they needed to be persuaded to vote for a competition in which they wouldn't feature. So there are all sorts of hidden costs. And it would be... So when he says, you know, I'm not blaming the counties specifically, he better not be, because that would be utterly outrageous. So uh, there are a lot of things the game can look at. And I think that when the ECB accounts are published, when's the AGM? Later in May, isn't it? And I think we should all have seen them by then. I think there'll be some interesting discussions about pay, executive pay, uh, about executive bonuses. 
and uh, these sorts of things. And, and people will look at the fact that the ECB doesn't have many reserves and they'll look at where the money's going and they'll maybe some people will say, well, the counties aren't delivering. And there's no doubt, you know, it's harder, the, it's harder the, right now to defend Derbyshire <laughs> and Glamorgan, probably, to, 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 to name two randomly, really, uh, than it ever has been. But counties go through stages, through cycles of developing players and not developing players. And no doubt those two have to do better. But if you look at the money that goes into the counties, you know, they are producing players. They are producing a, a, a team that's just won the World Cup. They are producing a team that might win the World T20 World Cup if it happens. Um, you know, you would say that they're not necessarily doing that bad a job. I look at the ECB and I see them having gambled huge amounts of money on a competition that I didn't hear anyone asking for. And um, uh, maybe that's where the costs should be looked at, the central ECB uh, hub. Um, I think quite a lot of people there could not go to work and it wouldn't make any difference to the game at all. I do, I do wonder, though, George, whether or not, you know, it's, it's almost getting into the, the pointing the finger at, uh, at Premier League players taking pay cuts being, uh, being something that would help out the NHS. I mean, the, the, the counties themselves... Um, whilst uh, whilst essentially being the ECB, also take up and use their share of resource. Um, some of them more than others, um, and very few of them actually come out at the end of it, make it you know with any sort of profit at the end. And so you know it, this this situation could you could find yourself in a position where. You know, thirty, forty years since it since it had been talked about seriously that that you end up having less central hubs, less hubs around the country. Oh, okay, so fewer counties. Look, that could yeah, yeah. that could definitely yeah, happen for and, sure. And, and, and I don't want you to ever think, Butch, that I don't think that they have to sing for their supper. I see. Mm. I don't like the image of county cricket as a gentle thing that happens in the background while you snooze in a deck chair. In fact, I hate that sort of cricket, to be honest with you. I, I think it has to matter. I think it has to be relevant to the local community, to the wider cricket community. Mm. Uh, I think there has to be intensity. So uh, if the counties aren't delivering at a time like this, yeah, that's difficult. So there's a couple right now, you know, Leicestershire, are going to have to fight to survive. There's no doubt about it. I would argue that their long-term record of producing players is pretty admirable. Mm. Um, and, and I would argue for their survival. But, you know, you make a point at times like this, if you're not delivering, you're in trouble. Now, but just to, and it's a really important point, and it's a point that's often made, this suggestion that the counties are reliant on the ECB and they don't make any money, mm, don't they? You know, if you're, say, Leicestershire, who, who have this, who are in, obviously in a very difficult situation, their debt isn't that big, but they've got so little money coming in that it's still difficult to sustain it. You know, Quite a lot of decent players came through there recently, you know, broad. He would have made it elsewhere. Of course he bloody would. But would he have got the um, volume of cricket early in his career that helped make him an England player from, what, the age of 21 or whatever it was? Uh, James Taylor, Gurney, um, uh, before that, Luke Wright, Darren Maddy, all these sorts of people who came through Leicester. And, and what you've got to remember is the ECB then sells the media rights for everything and distributes it back to the counties. Now, without the counties producing those players at some stage, you're not selling any media rights. So when people say the counties are reliant on handouts, well, wait there, the ECB are reliant on the counties. And actually, the counties are producing. So there's quite a lot of people 
in offices at the ECB earning 100 grand a year. Look, I don't want to go down that route particularly. But there, if you want to make costs, I would look at the ECB central hub at Lords before I started looking at um, Leicestershire or any of the other counties, to be honest. Um, away from the profit and loss uh, spreadsheets, um, this summer... The chances of getting cricket on, ECB have obviously said they're going to prioritise international cricket. That is probably going to rely on um, issues surrounding biosecurity and, and whether they can maintain social distancing and, uh, you know, playing behind closed doors and all that sort of thing. Um, George, what what are the practicalities of that in terms of kind of England playing, say, the West Indies in July? And, and also how that probably hits the county game, uh, I think you were sort of alluding to earlier. Well, in many ways, I don't feel qualified to give you a sensible answer because it's, it's a science <laughs> question, isn't it? I know, I know what you're thinking. It's never stopped me before. <laughs> but but it, 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 it is a serious point, you see, and um, uh, the ECB are looking into it. One good thing I'd say, Steve Irwin is looking into it, and I have a lot of respect for him and his um, success. He's run very good tournaments, and I think he'll do a thorough, sensible, moral job. And I think that's a really important thing. So... A uh, big tick there. Um, other observations. The West Indies seem to want to come very badly. So I think that's a series that's more likely to happen than any other. So if Pakistan come, I mean, they want to come too. But if Pakistan come, I think they'll lose money. In the, uh, and their priority is actually the Asia Cup, which is right after their series. So I think that's what their focus will be on. Whereas West Indies are sponsored by Sandals who get a lot of their business from the UK. So I think West Indies want to come. They want it pretty badly. And I think that they might jump through a few more hoops and be a bit more flexible in terms of their timings. Now, the reason I don't think we'll see a lot of county, or I'm afraid club, cricket, is that right now the ECB are having the same criteria put against international cricket in terms of safety of participants as they would on recreational cricket. And that's got to be right. You know, the cost of human life whether it's me or Ben Stokes should be the same, I suppose. Um, and, um, <laughs> to, to pluck two at random. Yeah. Yeah, so the reason why I can't go and play club cricket, though, apart from a chronic lack of fitness and ability, is that I will meet people afterwards. And while we, you know, so I could potentially pass on a virus. So while we all want cricket, everyone watching this wants cricket to resume, we don't want to do it at the cost of our parents dying. Because... It's more likely that it will hurt older people and people with pre-existing conditions. And that, I'm afraid, is a pretty stark choice to make. When you put it like that, and I say this as someone who has had COVID, and do not underestimate how bad it is, it's awful. Uh, You cannot be taking chances, and they're not. So I can't really criticise the ECB at all. Whether they feel they can get a couple of games on, you know, behind closed doors at the Aegeus and Old Trafford... I definitely think it's worth investigating. I really hope it happens. There's a will to make it happen. Um, whether it will, I, I just I don't feel qualified to give you a yes/no answer on that. But I think they're doing everything they can, and, and good luck to them. Um, I mean, the interesting thing is again scientific scientific nature of any question about anything restarting at the moment. But haven't they just started talking about having having to quarantine people coming in from from areas um, whereby? Uh, that they have COVID cases, which is incidentally what they did in in, uh, in the Antipodes from around about the 14th of March, but we still haven't done yet. Um, and if they did that, 
um, would the you know would the would the West Indian team flying in from wherever they're coming in from have to quarantine themselves before they were allowed back out again? I mean, there are all kinds of there are all kinds of logistical problems. Where where does anybody get any practice done before before now and then? And look, we're all desperate. Even if it is behind closed doors, I'm guessing it wouldn't ha- it wouldn't count in the World Test Championship. I mean, how could it? I mean, it's just it's it's, it's ridiculous if you played in the thing under these circumstances with players who are not prepared. Um, in front of no audiences, with all kinds of other pressures being brought to bear on the outside, I don't see how that can possibly count in the uh, in the World Test Championship. And there would be nothing more than than glorified exhibition games, and and the, but the cricketing public would lap them up. I think the players would love to play in them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it all one hundred percent depends on um, you know whether whether any of it can be done safely. Um, you know, and, and people <laughs> people. People losing their lives over over a beer match is is probably not the right way to go. And, and not so since, that's, not that's since playing run around the stump um, at Cheam back in nineteen eighty seven. So, so that, that's a key point that Butch makes there, and I, I know that the ECB are very sensitive and rightly, you know, I think they genuinely mean it that uh, they don't want to be seen taking up resources, healthcare resources that could be be spent elsewhere. You know, looking after sick people or preventing. Other people, and that, and that's, I think, a really good point. Now, it might get to the stage where there's so much more testing going on that there is the capacity to test the players what before every day's play, and, and all, all the other people who who are around that um, biosecure environment. But we have to be clear that it it won't actually be biosecure, will it? It won't be like the um, it won't be like Springfield and the Simpsons when they put it under a dome. <laughs> it will be a question of... Or the Eden Project. So. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a question of uh, deciding about whether the element of risk is acceptable. And I guess we do that every day, to some extent. Um, and also whether the game can withstand, to some extent as well, the economic impact of not playing at all. Not playing. Do you, I mean, do you, do you agree with the point about the, about the World Test Championship, for example? Yes, I mean, but I don't really think that anyone cared anyway. I, I, no, I don't want well, me neither. That's that's another that's another <laughs> pod. We'll do it. Well, <laughs> we'll do it. yeah. I mean, pod. I was going to touch on the fact that Australia are now the the number one Test team according to the rankings. Um, and does that mean that the World Test Championship is all the more needed <laughs> to, <laughs> to stop that from being the case? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, well, this is obviously to do with the recalculation, um, which happens every year and, and knocking off certain results. So, uh, yes, Australia are back to being the best test team in the world if you ignore the world test championship of which india are top of um anyway that is a a, a whole other uh, can of bees um away from the possibility of killing uh, your grandmother or otherwise i mean uh, one of the more trivial but interesting aspects of um getting back to play is this issue of um, ball maintenance and whether you can shine the ball, whether you can use saliva. Dan Brettig broke a story for us a week or so back about the ICC discussing whether to legalise ball tampering. I mean, this is in the sense of using artificial substances rather than um, being allowed to take bottle caps onto the field or sandpaper, for instance, just to pluck another example from thin air. Um, <laughs> Butch, what's, what's your position on this if and, if and when we do get back on the field? What? I don't know. I, I, Warney tweeted something yesterday about about introducing balls with a bias in them so that they swing all the time. You know, I mean, loaded dice. Uh, this is cr- like some poker this, move, isn't it? This is it? what happens when you when when cricketers are left to their own devices for too long. <laughs> the, 
the, the madness. I mean, look, I don't know. Presumably, if the game is if the game is deemed to be playing to be um, safe to play, then then it's not a problem. Well, that is one thing. I, I, if <laughs> people know, are being tested, then yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and show not to have uh, the Correct. virus, then you then would it, assume it's. Then it's not an issue. Um, what what do you do? I mean, what do you do in the in the club game? I don't know. I mean, mate, I don't. I honestly do not know. <laughs> well, this yes, we're all we're all out of our depth here. And um, Kookaburra have developed a, a wax. They announced this yesterday. A specific wax. For why Charlotte. the hell don't they put it on the regular ball then? Right. Like <laughs> what the hell? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. That, I mean, that would digress slightly, but. I, it always makes me chuckle a bit, sort of the the idea that the that, that all you need to do is give everybody a jute ball and and the game will the game will forever be uh, forever be balanced because it's because that's palpable nonsense, absolute nonsense. We we've had days of Test cricket in in England um, where if the pitch is flat enough, that thing doesn't do anything either. And yes, the Kookaburra is, is more predisposed to doing nothing than than, than the, the Duke is, but that doesn't mean that they both don't have days where where it does nothing, and they both have days where it goes round corners. Um, Again, agreeing with George, more love here, but it's the pitches. It's the pitches, stupid. Um, and <laughs> that, that's that's the sole arbiter of what makes a game balanced or unbalanced or, or, or entertaining or not entertaining. Um, but what do you do about shining the ball? I have no idea. Uh, honestly, I don't. And, and, and like biases, no. Um, wax, no. I mean, beyond beyond sort of having some kind of um, you know some kind of sort of pot of, of moisture or like you know like those dabbers that you used to have for counting money, you know, little sponge <laughs> with with water in and use it on your finger. You know, you'd be able to put the ball in there and, and the players would be allowed to carry a chamois, a chamois or something out on the ground and. So it's visible. You can do it in front of the umpire. You polish the ball with your chamois lever with your little bit of dabby water on it, whatever, and, and get on with the game. Do we know? I mean, you know, it's not like it's not like we have problems with overrates and stuff, anyway. I mean, Christ. <laughs> do, do we know that saliva is a problem? Not saliva. Uh, sweat is a problem. I think we can presume that saliva is a problem. Do we know that sweat's a problem? So again, are we relying on are we relying on science? Again, before, and I wonder, just at the risk of sounding like Donald Trump, which is not something I've accused of terribly often, injectable with disinfectant. Well, I wonder if there's some sort <laughs> of mint you could eat. Fabio Plessy would love this idea. Some sort of mint you could eat, which did something to the saliva that maybe took some of the compound that might potentially pass on a virus. I don't know. I mean, I'm just. Uh, again, you're, you're you're asking cricket journalists questions about you, science, really. Have you this. got Have you got any uh, any shares in, uh, in Hall's Menthalyptus or something? Is this, are we witnessing? Well, if I little, do, you know, if I do, product. having looked at my ISA and pension <laughs> statements in recent days, they're not worth <laughs> a hell of a they're, lot. They're not they're not as popular as they were back in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, well, I mean, at risk of straying, um, we've already strayed into territory where we um, our knowledge base is questionable. Um, at the start, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> straight into yeah. careers. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to to bring it back round um, to to the cricket, I suppose. Butch, what I mean, what was the longest you ever went without out a hit? Probably the West Indies tour, ninety ninety eight, <laughs> before the first test. Um, yeah, that's as, probably, as we discussed. Yeah. As we discussed last week. Yeah, probably, probably about that. Um, yeah, would never, would never have gone much over a month, I suppose. <laughs> um, but 
Yeah, I mean, it's gonna, it, there are there are there are going to be some uh, some ropey first balls and um, and, and opening innings uh, <laughs> if and when uh, we do get back out. Yeah, the boys will boys will look good in their tight shirts though. I can guarantee you that they'll be fit as anything. Won't <laughs> 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 be able to bowl it. Won't be able to bowl it anywhere near the stumps at the other end. But they'll be strong. These fellas jumping through hoops. <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, we're obviously all uh, filling our time as best we can. Um, George, you you were party to selecting a, a test dream team of current players. Butch, I presume you've uh, you've watched the video and and uh, are ready to sledge every one of George's picks. <laughs> no, no, I haven't. What's what have I missed? <laughs> <laughs> well, he put. The, they, uh, but the only thing I wanted to raise was they put Rohit Sharma as the te- as uh, opener in the best. Ter- Current test team in test the world. Test eleven. Yeah, yeah right. that was, so I, and he was my choice too. I went for Sean Wright and uh, Tammy McBell would have been my choice as opening partners. Would have been fun, wouldn't it? Look, Butch, it's make believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why, up until now, I've paid no attention whatsoever. Right, I mean, <laughs> right. But you, you could make good <laughs> arguments against all the opening batsmen because it's really difficult, and they've all got. Uh, question marks against them, you know, David Warner or whatever. So I thought we might as go f- well go for two who were fun. Uh, I mean, they didn't fun, go for my bowling attack. Anyway, th- this is and didn't, necessar- and didn't necessarily open the batting either, which is which who's is that? Fine. Well, Rohit doesn't open in test matches, is he? Yeah, yeah, he has. Well, he's just and... just converted. Yeah, so on the back right. of I think uh, what five five tests in India where he averaged ninety two. I think was the uh, small sample size. Yeah. But as I say, there were arguments against. Everybody. I mean, if you name anyone who it should have been, I can tell you why it wasn't. Fine. I think the I think I'm the not, eleven. I, I'm, I'm going to choose not to play. <laughs> Since we're cannibalising <laughs> our own content here, I think it, um, <laughs> George can correct me if I'm wrong. But Karuna Ratney, uh, Rohit Sharma, Williamson, uh, Smith, Coley, Stokes, Quentin de Kock, Pat Cummins, uh, Kagiso Rabada, R. Ashwin, and. One other left armour. Jadeja. Bolt, was it? They went for Jadeja. Oh, a, spin, a spinner as well, yeah, because you picked 12, didn't you? So. I, went for Rashi, deep... I went for Rashid Khan and Ashwood as my two spinners, and my three seamers would have been Cummins, Bumrah and Hazelwood. So I, I missed out with the bowlers. They, they pretty much ignored me by that stage. <laughs> <laughs> well, all good fun, and uh, like I said, we haven't got anything better to be doing. OK, um, I think we've we've made our contribution to landfill for this week. Um Stay safe and stay in touch. Uh, as Butch and George have shown, the flame still burns despite the distances between us. My thanks to both uh, and to you all for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back for more soon on the Switch It podcast.